0: You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: All right. Happy Tuesday. It's Tuesday here on Locked On College Football. That means it is me, Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn every single day, joined by the one and only Mr. Isaiah Hole, host of Locked On Wolverines. How are you, sir?
0: Well, you say the one and only. There's actually four of me. So is that uh, right? Yeah. uh, No, there I wish there was. That would make life so much easier because then I could, you know, I could send one to to the whatever game Michigan's playing. I Uh have another one sit and watch college football all day. Right. Another one to to write everything up. Another one to podcast.
1: Well, it's it's cool because you got uh, the version of you that got to go cover Michigan. You got extra football. 'Cause Michigan went to overtime against Rutgers, which is hilarious to me.
0: Um hey, Rutgers is much improved this year. I don't think Rutgers is the Rutgers of the Big Ten. Of, right course, of
1: course. Of uh, course. Of course, of course they're better. Of course.
0: Of well, course. No, I mean Isaiah. they are. Sure. Um, at, 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 they, 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 I'm not saying it because Michigan went there. I've been writing it for <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So but I mean the best part was that I got to go to NYC even if it was for two hours.
1: Yeah, get to live it up, I'm sure. Yeah, We're going to talk about the biggest stories throughout college football, touching the drama between Clemson and Florida State, the college football playoff, Penn State's historic start, potential scheduling changes for college football moving forward, and, of course, the biggest rivalry in college football. That takes place on Saturday. i got to feel we're going to argue about that, and that's okay. Uh, We'll start things off. Clemson and Dabo, um, in the game against FSU that never happened. Of course, if you're unfamiliar with the situation, Clemson traveled to Tallahassee this past weekend, ready to play. But apparently on the plane flight down to Tallahassee, one of the players um, popped a positive test. And so they land, they move him, and all of the folks that were kind of in, in close contact with him with the contact tracing they moved him out. They told Florida State what was going on. They're like, hey, those guys won't play. We're still ready to go. And Florida State, um, they didn't want to do that. And um, after that, so, so obviously the game didn't happen, then Dabo kind of took to social media and, and went after him. So do you have any general thoughts on how this went down?
0: Um, still, still kind of wrapping my head around all of it, to be honest. But just I saw Dabo's comments. It, here's, the, here's here's there's a fine line right because could you use covid to cancel the p- potential getting shellacked absolutely uh-huh is is that what happened probably not but at the same time i mean i i understand that the frustration of you know actually traveling getting down there i mean you spend a week preparing and you get everything it's t- t- i understand that that impulse to want to be like okay at least put something out there for us to face because we're here, we're ready. But you have to understand at the same time, it's a, it's a pandemic and things are going to happen quickly sometimes. And you're not going to always get to do what you want. That's Mm -hmm. just kind of life right now. So it's, it's so difficult because there's a fine line you have to walk. Dabo is certainly not walking it. (laughs) I could say that much. And you know, if, if there really is a COVID issue, then I mean it's it's pretty disrespectful to be out there like Dabo is and and proclaiming that they you know they they just didn't want to play us and all that kind of stuff. Right. If there if there isn't a COVID issue, it's really disrespectful for Florida State to allow Clemson to get get to town. Yeah. You know? So I think um, I think
1: both sides were
0: doing what they thought
1: was best for their players. I think. Dabo, as far as him going out on social, speaking out and and saying, hey, I think Clemson wanted to play football. That's kind of the impression that I get. Um, But also, if you are you know, the the medical team that represents Florida State and it's your job to take care of them, I get it. I'm surprised they didn't all... They they didn't wait for the test to come back before they got on the plane. That surprises me a little bit. I don't really understand the purpose of taking the test then, if that's the order that you're going to do it, but... Um, I, I, don't, I don't know fully how the scheduling and all that works, but do you think this could impact Clemson getting into the college football playoff less games? Uh, they already have that loss to Notre Dame. Is there any chance that Clemson doesn't get into this thing?
0: No, not if they went out, no. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it obviously they, they'll have a chance to redeem themselves uh, likely against Notre Dame in the ACC championship game. I, honestly, I I don't think that it's going to impact them at all because I think people are going to still see them as uh, one of the best teams in the country. And less games, but how I, I don't know offhand how many games exactly is that that they have then, right? Like compared to some of the other schools that, like Ohio State's going to have max eight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Clemson will have more than that. They would have more than that, yeah. So, no, I don't think it's going to impact them at all. Sure. A big
1: reason, Isaiah, that I love Thanksgiving is because it is the holiday kind of designed to chill, just like Coors Light is the beer that's literally made to chill. It's the one I choose when I need to unwind, and I know a lot of us are going to be eating a lot of food, cooking a lot of food, if that is your thing, um, and watching a ton of football, not only on Thursday, but there's sports on Friday and Saturday as well, as well as college basketball coming back. So you're going to be watching a lot of sports, and I encourage you to reach for the beer that is uh, that is the official beer of chilling and watching your favorite team, and that is Coors Light. Cold laggard, cold filtered. I've been saying laggard lately. I did the Locked on Auburn as well. Cold laggard, filtered, cold package, literally made to chill. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Moving along to some other news and other chatter throughout college football, Isaiah, are you cool if I play a voicemail? Somebody called into the Locked On Auburn hotline and left this voicemail. It really wasn't an Auburn question. It was a uh, college football playoff question, so I figured I'd use it for this show. Does that work? Of course. Cool. This is uh, this is uh, an avid listener from Locked On Auburn, Mike from Missouri.
2: Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Mike from Missouri. Uh, so we're over halfway through the season, uh, depending on uh, which conference you root for, uh, and And there's a, there's a couple teams that are undefeated and in the top 10, uh, that are not, uh, necessarily in Power 5 conferences. And I'm talking about Cincinnati and BYU. Uh, and, and both of those teams look really good. I know BYU hasn't played anybody, but Cincinnati looks like they could beat some good teams. Uh, you know, they, they played extremely well. You know, and let's just say that Cincinnati goes undefeated, um, and, and maybe even gets uh, maybe even gets number five, not even in the playoffs. Do you think this season, being as weird as it is, um, with, with Cincinnati and BYU, do you think moving forward this gives teams uh, a better chance or maybe even shows the college football playoff committee that teams outside of a Power Five conference maybe could be in the playoffs and that they need to expand that? What do you guys think about it?
1: So, Mike, great question. Thank you so much for calling in. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think Cincinnati or BYU could get to that point. I, For some reason, my gut tells me BYU's got a better chance at it because they're kind of you know flirting with scheduling Washington. I think a lot of that depends on what happens tonight when the, the college football playoff rankings are announced. But, Isaiah, I just don't see any of these teams that are kind of on the bubble that are these larger schools like Clemson, like Notre Dame, even Texas AM, who I think has a chance to go, you know, even Florida, if they kind of take care of business and can beat Alabama and Atlanta. I just don't see any
0: of these teams being left out for a Cincinnati or a BYU. No, and it's kind of uh, to echo what Mark Packer on SiriusXM often says listen, the college football playoff, it's not meant for you talking to the group of five. And I know that BYU is an independent, they're not technically group of five, but. They're kind of, in a way, Group of Five independent, whereas Notre Dame is Power Five independent. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all based off the scheduling, because yeah, you can be really good, like UCF. There's always been that that question: Could UCF be, you know, one of those types of teams? With you know, it's like oh, they just roll everyone that they that they play, and you know, they go and they end up facing a Power Five team in the in the New Year's Six and, you know, win that game. No, it's not the same. It's not the same for multiple reasons. Number one, the scheduling that Cincinnati has to face is just not the same as what Clemson or even Ohio State, which has a really weak schedule in the Big Ten. I mean, it's way more of a gauntlet having to go through the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten than it is, you know, whether it's the American Athletic Conference, or the Conference USA, or you know whatever BYU schedule is, which is just absolutely um, a cakewalk. Mm-hmm. So, it to me, no, they don't. They like the the New Year Six is for you, unfortunately. Like that's your ceiling. But when you when you're like if you're Alabama and you get through, like say Alabama finishes with one loss, no, you're not going to take a undefeated Cincinnati or BYU over Alabama. Like Alabama had to play Georgia. You know, BYU had to play Army. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not the same, or Navy rather. Right. You're you're exactly
1: right. Um, And I mentioned Texas A&M on purpose just to kind of pivot. I mean, I think A&M is a win against Auburn in two weeks away from kind of doing everything that they can to get into the college football playoff because they're going to be in a situation where they're going to be second in the West if they're able to beat Auburn. And so they won't be able to go to the SEC championship in Atlanta. But if Notre Dame loses, or if somehow Clemson loses again, I think they could definitely make the case to take two SEC teams over two ACC teams if Clemson or Notre Dame knock each other out, or they get knocked out, you know, somehow by someone in the ACC. I I, I think the path with two SEC teams making it makes a lot more sense at this point in the season. Um, assuming AM is able to beat Auburn and Jordan here in two weeks, I think that would give them enough to make them be that fourth team. What are your thoughts on
0: that? It all de- it all really does depend on Clemson and Notre Dame because people are looking at Clemson and the fact that Clemson lost that game, it's because they weren't at full strength. Secondly, a&M needs alabama to win out right but you're yeah. not going to get that opportunity if georgia takes down alabama because you already lost to alabama so what they need is one of those two teams clemson or notre dame to lose uh, ohio state can still lose a game and probably get in i agree uh, and, and and not that they will but they could mm-hmm. and but you can't have a you know a two loss florida or uh, or like not one of one of those types of teams that isn't going to get in. The only other way you're going to have two SEC teams, if Florida beats Alabama in the SEC championship, then you still might be able to do that. You might take a look at the Clemson, Notre Dame situation and say sorry to one of them, depending on how the committee views it. And we'll know more tonight, you know, how the committee views these teams because you're of right. uh, the first rankings. But, yeah, I think the path is definitely there for Texas A&M, but they have to a handle business. And B, they have to hope a couple things happen around them uh, in order to uh, allow that to happen. But, I mean, that loss to uh, Alabama is looking a heck of a lot better. Because keeping in mind, I know Alabama was still highly ranked. But people didn't realize at that time when they played that Alabama was going to be as good as it is right now.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk more about Alabama in just a moment. And uh, also what the future is for Penn State with uh, their historic start. Coming up right here on Locked
0: On College Football. Break through that wall that you might have, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Lord knows that I have both usually, (laughs) but I break through it with Built Go every day. They're easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, your golf bag to power through the back nine, or put it in your pocket to get through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling, plus it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, chocolate, mint. So how does it work so well? Bilko combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. It's easy on the stomach. Collagen also promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. Literally makes you look better. Bilko is also loaded with good stuff to help ignite my work and my workout with beta-alanine, B3, honey, a kick of caffeine. Bilko then kicks to keep me going strong with 10,000% of your daily percentage necessary of B6 and B12 vitamins. Visit builtgo.com use promo code lock to get 20% off that next order. Use promo code lock for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. All right, before we
1: look at the best rivalry in college football and we argue about that, I just want to get your thoughts as a Big 10 guy about Penn State. The fact that they have started 0 and 5 is crazy to me, and I know that surprised a lot of people. Even, you know, Penn State especially with this start, worst start in program history.
0: Where do they go from here? Well, I—it's kind of—I have kind of a mixed feelings on it. Number one, I like seeing Penn State taken down a peg because I thought it was ridiculous how much people were slurping on them, had them as a top ten team, saying that James Franklin has them right behind Ohio State. They haven't shown anything. The only thing that they've shown uh, in James Franklin's tenure was that. He surprised Ohio State in 2016, and the only reason why they were able to get into the, to the Big Ten championship game was because of a questionable spot in the Michigan-Ohio State game. Literally it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not surprised that they're struggling. I am surprised that they're struggling as bad as they are. Um, and, I mean, it's multiple reasons. Uh, lock, you know, Injuries, opt-outs, you, know, you lose Micah Parsons. Uh, I, I knew that that was going to be an issue. You're right. Because that's their best player on defense. They already lost some really good defensive players to the NFL draft. Same with offensive players. Penn state is not yet in that Ohio state mode where it just reloads. Um, they also have a, have a new offensive coordinator in Kirk Scirocca. So I knew there was going to be some growing pains. I, I don't necessarily think that you start getting into, and I, this is, this is kind of also coming from my view on Michigan. Uh, who's also struggling at two and three. Yeah, you might make some changes with some coaches, but you don't necessarily change the guy up top. Part of it is because this is an unconventional season. Mm-hmm. You're seeing more teams struggle that don't normally struggle the way they are. Penn State, Michigan. Um, I know that there's others out there that I'm not really mentioning. I'll even, I'll even throw uh, my favorite team to hate, Georgia, out there. And I think part of it is because you didn't have... You you know, you didn't have spring ball. You didn't have uh, fall camp, traditional fall camp. You didn't have non-conference. So when you're trying to break in new players, you don't have that warm up that you need to be able to kind of get into the conference schedule. Instead, you just went into it. And that's allowed uh, for some teams that normally uh, get beaten down relatively early, like the Indianas of the world, to kind of assert themselves and find some confidence Uh, that they normally wouldn't have at this point in the year. So I would say for Penn State, what they have to do is figure out what's going wrong as far as position groups. Maybe you make some changes at some of those position groups as far as the coaches are concerned. But I don't think you blow up the whole thing. I think that you you, you make those behind-the-scenes changes and then you see what happens in the next year or two. And then if it's still looking bad, then you make the ultimate change of firing James Franklin. Right.
1: Yeah. No, I I agree with you. I definitely agree with all of that. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be a fun offseason because there's there's a lot of teams in that situation because there's like five good college football teams this year. Then there's a crazy drop-off, and I think we're going to see that in the college football playoff rankings that come out tonight. Uh, The biggest rivalry in college football returns Saturday with the Iron Bowl between Auburn and Alabama. And I'm not biased at all. I think it's just kind of
0: the way it is. Uh, second biggest rivalry behind Michigan-Ohio State. Actually, I'll, I'll give you that that's the biggest college football rivalry if you'll give me that Michigan-Ohio State is just the best sports rivalry, period.
1: Man, I'm uh, uh, I married into an Ohio State family, so I feel like I am kind of the source on being able to make this decision. You know what I mean? Like, I've, I've co- I cover Auburn— And then I, you know, I I now have kind of adopted Ohio State as my number 2 team in all this. And in fact, a few years ago, I went up there for Thanksgiving, uh, you know, a few days before the game was happening. And it's just, it's not comparable. I I just don't think it is. And I know that's going to ruffle a lot of people's feathers, um, and and that's just kind of coming from this SEC guy that thinks SEC football is the best, and yada, 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 but I just think, from a passion standpoint, I think yeah, uh, I think Ohio State and Michigan people respect each other too much compared to uh, to, to Auburn and, and Alabama, and you guys don't have to share a state. I think that's a huge
0: part of it. I mean, not sharing a state is it certainly a part of it. As far as the respect is concerned, I think Michigan respects Ohio a lot more. But like, I I, I don't think it's I don't think it's quite the same as as far as the way Ohio treats the state of Michigan. I mean, it's it that they do not like anything Michigan. Like whenever yeah. I've gone down to cover that game, it's like park with your license plate facing uh, where people can't see it uh-huh. because you will get your tires slashed. Um, it, it It's not, it, you know, and I know quite a few, I have like my whole dad side of the family are Ohio state fans. Uh, the entire thing with my dad being the only exception really to that. And it, it's, it is a never-ending thing. The only thing that I would say is caused a dip in the fervor aspect is that Michigan hasn't been competitive against Ohio State. Right. So Michigan fans are a little bit more resigned to uh, more hope than it actually being a full-on hatred. That would be the only thing that I would say take away from it. But, I mean, I'd love to see the HBO documentary on the Alabama-Auburn rivalry. That's right. Oh, there isn't one? That's crazy, man. Oh, I, th- but there I think there is one on Michigan, Ohio State. I
1: feel like there's plenty of documentaries on the, uh, on the Iron Bowl rivalry, but
0: that's okay. That's all right. I think it's fun. I, I, I think it's fun I, to I, chatter. I think, honestly, if, you, if, if you're really trying to be objective about it, I would say that they're on, and I'm not objective about it, but if, <laughs> if I'm going to try to be objective about it, sure. I, I would say that they're on absolutely equal footing. Uh, because it doesn't get better than either and and, and, and that goes across all sports
1: yeah no, you're you know you right. you
0: can't you can't sit there and tell me Red Sox Yankees they play 40 times a year come on you know I, I agree with you I agree with same. you on that but the um
1: yeah and I think another thing and part of this is recency bias because there's def- definitely been some crazy endings to uh, to Michigan and, and Ohio State but the kick six. And then Cam Newton's comeback. And once again, I am totally objective in this. But uh, <laughs> I think w- when Chris Davis returned the missed kick back with a second left, I think that was just kind of like, okay, this is one of the craziest plays in the history of sports, not just college football. And obviously, there's great moments in Michigan and Ohio State as well, but I don't think it's ever going to be as crazy as that. And I think that's kind of another feather you can put in the cap of the Iron Bowl. But you're right; they're both incredible. I think they both kind of feed off each other because it's this awesome competition, even though they're like on totally different sides of the country. And uh, I, I think that's great.
0: Yeah, and it's—I mean, they're they're different versions of kind of the same thing in that light, right? Because. Yeah. Football is more meaningful to people, I think, as a whole in SEC country than it is uh, up in up in the mid upper Midwest. Right. But at the same time, like with Ohio State, like they're as close to an SEC fan base an SEC team. And I think that that's also why this Michigan Ohio State rivalry kind of works the way it does, because it isn't like two sides of the same coin as much as it is with Alabama and Auburn. Yeah. Where it's like SEC, SEC. But it's you, you have a very more and I can speak to this, especially as a Michigan degree holder, elitist white collar versus, uh, you know, and, I, I, and this is just me being objective, backwood yokels like the Ohio State fans. <laughs> We're going to leave it at that. How can people uh, find all of your uh, all of your work, man? Uh, at Isaiah Hole, you can find me on any platform that way. Uh, including Pinterest, I believe. Wow. Uh, there's there's nothing there. Uh, or at uh Locked On Wolverine's podcast, Wolverines today.com.
1: Awesome stuff, man. You can check out my work, uh, Locked On Auburn every single day, wherever you get your podcast, and on Twitter at Z Blackerby. We will be back next Tuesday. But of course, our colleagues throughout the Locked On Podcast Network will have you every single day right here on this podcast feed. Till then. Have a fantastic one.
2: You are Locked On College Football, your daily
0: podcast on all things college football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.